When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's talk about some of these spicy stories going on uh, right now with David Drucker, senior writer at The Dispatch. Prior to that, of course, he was senior correspondent for The Washington Examiner. And David's also the author of the book, In Trump's Shadow, The Battle for 2024 and the Future of the GOP. David, welcome. How are you? Hey, good to be here. Thank you. Uh, how are you liking uh, working at The Dispatch so far? I really like it. Um, no, no, no sarcasm. It's, it's a great gig. I think we do a lot of really good work. And they free me up to just pursue and report really good stories. Yeah, and you're awesome on there. And one of the reasons I wanted to have you on today, in addition to the fact that you're probably the best at reporting on stuff like the Republican House Speaker fight, you seem pretty fired up as I was about the failure of the prestige U.S. media on Tuesday going ahead and announcing that Israeli Israel had bombed a hospital before they knew what was going on, which really pisses me off. Look, guys, this is pretty typical. Um, I'm not even the biggest... Look, I'm in the media, so rather than criticize the media, I just try and do my job. But I will say, as as an observer of American and Middle East politics for decades, I'm just old enough that now I've been able to observe this for decades, this is par for the course. Um, this might be new to some people, but this always happens. Uh, people jump to conclusions when it has to do with Israel. Uh, conclusions they don't jump to when it has to do with other countries and other non-state actors. And, you know, in this case, it's just in the middle of a very volatile situation that has the potential to have a real uh, damaging impact in the region and domestically. Um, But I I wasn't surprised because this is, again, it's just what happens. Well, as a number of people have pointed out, one of the problems with that is 
the media, which usually leans left and supports Democratic policies, hurt the president's own policies as he had to cancel some meetings, hurt the prospect for peace, which would help Palestinians? I mean, I don't even understand their motivation other than hating on Israel, I guess. I think, well, I think, look, I think you're, some people might be overthinking this. Um, You know, even though the media can and has demonstrated over the years to have a left-leaning bias, they're not there's not some place where they all go meet and decide what the what the party's message is for the day. And so I think this has to do with a worldview, not a political bias necessarily, um, but just a worldview about how they view the Israeli government. And it, the point I was trying to make, not that anybody cares, was that it's our job as journalists to be skeptical of everything and everyone. But not but but skepticism doesn't deserve to be dished out equally. In the case of Hamas, which is a terrorist organization that purposely targets civilians, just stepping back from whatever your opinions of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict and dispute is, uh, are, uh, this group is not a normal army that operates according to the law, the international laws of war. They never have. And they've even shown a willingness to put their own people in danger just to get Israel to get blamed for the misfortune that then befalls their own people or the death. And that's how they operate. So uh, my response to this isn't you should believe the Israeli government. No, you you shouldn't believe the Israeli government, but you should show Hamas more skepticism than you do the Israeli government and just say you don't know and wait until you know and have enough information. Well, my final thought on the topic is if you're going to be completely credulous and print somebody's claims about something, the fact that that somebody was Hamas and they printed those claims is just astounding to me. But uh, moving along uh, with David Drucker of the Dispatch, uh, David, I've been referring to the contest to elect a House Speaker as a clown show. Is that unnecessarily harsh in your opinion? (laughs) I don't know. I think you're di- being disrespectful to clowns. That's an honorable profession because you, you actually make people laugh and do a service. Right. Beautiful. Somebody will get a balloon animal at the end. I mean, there's there's benefits to it. So uh, where are we currently? Nowhere. Um, Republicans can't agree amongst themselves on on anybody when it comes to delivering 218 votes for the gavel. And so there's a lot of discussion now about um, elevating, or I should say empowering Speaker Pro Tem Patrick McHenry, a North Carolina Republican, um, with a lot of the authority that goes along with being the actual Speaker of the House. This would allow the chamber to get back to work, move legislation. Um, We're about a month away from the government running out of money again. Uh, The president this evening is going to pitch a big aid package for Israel, Ukraine, Taiwan. And we think Taiwan and possibly some, some domestic border security money, um, although it's unclear. But we know that, that Israel, aid for Israel and Ukraine are going to be uh, packaged together. At least that's what the president's going to propose. And that's what I think the Senate is going to move on. And so you know what? Oh, go ahead. in order to pass this legislation is going to need to be operable. And so Republicans are going to have to figure out what they want to do. I don't know that we're near this McHenry solution. But it's what's being discussed because nobody wants to uh, – look, it, I, I know I'm talking long here, but the reason Republicans are in this mess is because there are not enough of them that want to follow their own rules. 
their rules say that in an internal conference election, whoever gets the most votes above a certain number is the speaker designate when they're in the majority, and they're all supposed to vote for that person on the floor. It's not that it's binding constitutionally, but that, that's the rules they have for themselves. They wouldn't honor it with Kevin McCarthy. They wouldn't honor it with Steve Scalise. And so now members that always go along because they want to govern and be pragmatic finally said, I've had enough. If you don't have to follow the rules, neither do I. Well, you're a, a fine psychic, as I was just going to say. The uh, crazy part to me is that, the, you know, they can't re- arrive at a result is too bad, but they can't even arrive at a process. Apparently, all of the rules and customs are out the window. So let's move on to what's it look like behind the scenes? I, I understand there's some serious arm twisting uh, to vote for Jordan, backlash, etc. cetera. Look, um, Jordan has been trying to... Um, bring his opponents along, but I don't think he can. There's a lot of ill will in the conference right now. We talk about it as being a dysfunctional conference, but it's now also very factionalized. There's a lot of ill will. There are a lot of hurt feelings. There's a lot of frustration. And whether or not Jordan is responsible for this or looked the other way, or even whether or not he told his allies off of Capitol Hill, please stop, and they just didn't listen, one of the problems that the Republicans who oppose him have is that they feel like Jordan and his allies were bringing outside pressure to bear and threatening them, threatening them with primary challengers, that that these these pro-Jordan activists were even uh, sending in death threats. And and it gets to the fact that that's what some members have alleged, and and they've released statements about effect. Well, if I but got a death threat, and I thought if I got a death threat, and I thought it came from Jordan's people, especially with his knowledge, yeah, I wouldn't be real likely to vote for him. Yeah, well, I think the other thing though too is so when conservative activists and some House Republicans who support Jordan make the case that this is what the voters want, what what a lot of House Republicans hear is, oh, so I'm supposed to do whatever Jordan wants because your voters. My voters like him better than me, and he's going to use that against me. And, and members of Congress want to be the stars in their own district. They understand that when there's a president that their voters like, they're under pressure to work with that president or even just support that president uh, without, you know, too much, you know, without, without too much trouble. But when another, when a congressional leader says, do what I say or your voters are going to be angry, as opposed to I'm going to help you succeed in your district. It's just it's not the way you win a congressional leadership race, which was is different than running for office where voters are the constituency versus members of Congress. So how certain are you that the Patrick McHenry move is the next step? Is there just a, no other road to take at this point? It appears that there's no other road to take at this point, but I'm not sure if it's necessarily the next step versus no step. And it sort of depends on how many House Republicans are willing to go along and do this? Because you're going to have a, you know, some significant member of the conference, even though it, it may be a minority, that's going to oppose doing this. And so the thinking would be that Democrats would join in with this. And, you know, McHenry sort of has to be willing. Like, I guess he could say, forget it, I'm not going to serve. But I think we just kind of need to see whether Jordan calls another vote today. My sources tell me, that he's likely likely to lose more votes, that there are more members than we saw in the first two votes that, that are opposing him, but they want to stagger their votes so that it's clear that it's like it's going backwards. Wow. Versus even staying the same. 
But, you know, this has been such a volatile, uncertain process. I'm hesitant to make predictions versus just kind of tell you what I'm hearing. So clown show inappropriate, poop show, I suppose, uh, more appropriate. I'll be going with that in the future. Final question, David. Uh, we were uh, chatting about this earlier. Have you heard whether the president's address, 8 o'clock Eastern tonight, is going to be live or not? He's an old man, you see. No, it's going to be live. Yeah. No, you don't do it a is. office address that's not live. Yeah. And you, so it's 8 Eastern, 5 o'clock Pacific, which means, you know, people are, you know, theoretically off work or on their way home, if not home yet. That's why you wait until eight o'clock. Well, that's pretty late in the day after a. That's a pretty late in the day after a long trip and a lot of time zones and all that sort of stuff for him. Yeah, well, look, I mean, I you know I understand how people feel about his age, um, but he he's been able to do this before, and and um, and so you know, it'll be interesting to see what's in the speech. The speech is about Israel and Ukraine. He had been planning a, an address about Ukraine before uh, Hamas attacked Israel on October seventh. So now we've got this sort of combined address. It, I wonder if it's his first Oval Address. I have to check. Uh, but obviously, you know, presidents use the Oval Office for these addresses very sparingly, mm. not to dilute the significance of it and the power of it. Mm. And we'll see, you know, what he says and, and, and how Americans react to it. David Drucker, senior writer at The Dispatch. His uh, latest book is In Trump's Shadow, The Battle for 2024 and the Future of the GOP. Good to talk to you, David. Thanks a bunch. Anytime, guys. Thank you. Armstrong and Getty. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.